All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from the internet. Lots of gems, lots of PED use, and lots of... Well, basically, we spent the whole episode talking about ninjas, Bruce Lee, and Scarface. Let's get to it! And every day, I practice martial arts. Watch out! Yo, Mikey, how you doing, man? Doing great, Seagong. How are you? Doing good, man. Here we are for another episode of the Kung Fu Genius Podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, another Dre-less episode of mm-hmm. KFG. Uh, now that he's like, you know, the suburban family man, we're just, I guess life just has to move on without Dre. Yeah, we keep, we're trying to drag him back, but he's just, you know, like he just loves... Loves those he, Lexus, he has like a you know. pe- yeah. I feel like we have to give him an appearance fee now for him to even come here, right? <laughs> Dre needs an appearance. He's he's become such a diva, you know. Every time, even when I just got back from Europe now, while I was in Europe, you know, the, one of the number one questions I get asked about is, what, "What about Dre? Like, what's Dre like?" Everyone's into Dre, and I think he knows it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Even absolutely. one of our new students, George, yesterday was like, "Oh man, I saw Dre last week for the first time. It was crazy." You know, like I kept missing him and it was like, bro, you're talking to the Kung Fu genius and you're getting excited about my sidekick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know, man. I feel, I feel like I've been upstaged and I should just pack it up and, and, and quit. Nah, well, you can't actually do that, but you know that that was always part of his plan. I know. To yeah. usurp my position. He's probably creating his own podcast studio right now, trying to create some kind of, you know. The TFG, like that effing guy podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, he's going to say about all the times that you abused him during class. That's right. That's yeah. right. Which is all true, by the way. Absolutely. Well, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, like, I think he's just, by not being here, he's building up a certain mystique about him. Oh, right. That's also, yeah. also possible. Yeah, he, he is uh, much more of a mastermind than we ever gave him credit for. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, by the way, the best way to support the Kung Fu Genius Podcast is on Patreon. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to episodes early. And you can also get my uh, Instagram subscriber reels, which I have like about one reel every week where I give a little tip on Wing Chun. And those are included in the Patreon, even at the lowest level at $5. So you don't have to subscribe to me both on Instagram and on uh, Patreon to get that stuff. And higher levels of support have all sorts of additional goodies and things like that. And that is literally the best way to support us um, because YouTube revenue is uh, barely pays barely pays for the air that we breathe right now (laughs) so uh so anyway uh yeah it's good to be here we have a few questions we actually didn't have too many new questions this time because we answered a bunch of them on the last one and lately it seems that our uh, listeners are mostly commenting and one thing i wanted to say that was a little weird and i don't know what it is maybe people out there in youtube land understand um the drug letters video seems to have picked up steam and I don't know if that's just because like it's approaching 100K. So when people go by and they see a video that is like near 100K, they're like, ooh, this thing is important, right? Because that w- that's always been the number one video on this channel, which you know still hasn't broken 100K, which gives you an idea of where we're at. Um, <laughs> but I have a feeling that now that it's getting close to that, a lot of people are going like, oh, check out this video. And I'm getting all sorts of batshit crazy comments from people who are just finding out about Bruce Lee's cocaine use now. So like, you know, two years ago when it first hit, there was obviously a lot of backlash from people who uh, were either shocked at the revelation or didn't want to believe it. 
Yeah. And there were a lot of people that didn't want to believe it, myself included, and then eventually kind of accepted it. All right. But now, two years later, after this is old ass news, people are like, you know, we got such a crazy, funny comment the other day from some Karen who was like, uh, yeah, some white guy calls himself the Kung Fu genius and just wants to like, you know, trash Bruce Lee's name. And it's like, <laughs> how can you get more facts wrong in a single sentence than that? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's just funny to see now suddenly this rebirth of the drug letters videos popularity. And then to get all these people who are going through their own personal meltdowns in real time two years after everyone else. So it's, it's just, it's like, oh, you're the real Johnny come latelys, right? And even if they didn't hear it or watch my video before, there are other videos that have come out about the drug letters, not to mention this stuff was on Google and also like that uh, Bloody Elbow, which is a big MMA outlet. They, they did an article about it when it came out two years ago. So uh, anyway, it's just funny to see these like little public meltdowns and these all caps tirades about people who want to murder me or people who think that what I'm reading there, um, I'm claiming those are the actual letters. And it's oh, like, yeah. did you not listen to the video where I mentioned that, you know, I got these off the internet. These are from an auction. Anyone can get access to them, right? And then there are people like, yo, man, this is total BS. And then my new answer is, you should send your completely non-emotional evidence to Heritage Auction House, one of the most prestigious auction houses in the U.S., because they might want to know that they were selling some fake letters. They authenticated it, but this, your comment that this is BS is a revelation. You should send your evidence to them <laughs> to make sure they don't make this mistake again, right? I, th I think people don't realize how much... Heritage Auction House is a huge, prestigious auction house in America, and it's, it happens to be right here in New York City. They're not going to want to sell a bunch of fake letters. Their entire reputation is based on this. They authenticated the 50 letters, all right? Yeah. So it's like, I get why people don't want it to be true. It's typical stages of grief, denial being one of them. I get it. There's like a reflexive denial about, no, it's Bruce Lee. No, he's my hero. No, it can't be true. And then after a while, there's this kind of growing up like, yeah, he can still be your hero. You can still be into him. And he had a pretty sizable cocaine problem, at least in the last two years of his life, really ramping up in those last few months. Um, these things don't have to change anything. But it's just interesting how you just see like these very childish reactions to this stuff in real time. And it's funny because I've gone through all the emotional purging of like, okay, this was my hero since I was a kid. And like... Oh, he was like a big time drug user and, and seemed to be really self-medicating between both cocaine and marijuana on a daily basis for months and months and months and months. And then you get over it and you go, yeah, big fucking deal. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like whatever. Like he still was great at what he did. He still got his work done. He was a great martial artist. He influenced a lot of people. That has nothing to do with that, right? It's, it's possible to parse those things out. And I definitely feel that way. But it's just funny to see all the people now who aren't, haven't come to that point yet, have this kind of very childlike emotional response. And it just reminds me that next time I find out something like this revelatory, either about someone I know or just some factoid in general, uh, to not act like that, yeah. all right? To just take it as like information, wait until you get all the facts, relax, assess it, realize either way it has nothing to do with you. So um, anyway, it's kind of funny. Do you think people had that kind of energy when R. Kelly got like put away? Well, I think it's also different because R. Kelly's still alive. Right. I, I, th I think whenever uh, you yeah. deal with a legacy person, especially a beloved legacy person, uh, then, you know, you know, because with Bruce Lee fandom, there are many levels to it. 
And uh, there are people who are like, oh, I love Bruce Lee movies, you know, and, and they're like into it, but they can't tell you anything about the actors in there, what year these were made or why, Bru you know, why Bruce Lee didn't make uh, any movies with this director anymore. They're like, Bruce Lee, kicks and punches, yay. And those are the people that seem to have the biggest emotional response to the drug letters. What do you mean? You do? Bruce Lee don't do no drugs, right? Okay, it's like, <laughs> okay, calm down, Tito, the least talented member of the Jackson family. Uh, read some books, read some shit, learn some shit before you say anything. Uh, then there's like a slightly deeper fan base, like the people who know his movies and know about Jeet Kune Do and know a little bit about what he did. But they're also pretty superficial. And then you get into the people who are really just into the martial arts stuff. The Jeet Kune Do heads, you know, people who are just into his martial arts development and stuff like that. And they're usually 50-50 on this topic. Yeah, okay, so what? Or, no effing way, he didn't do that. All right? Bruce cared about what he put in his body. Yes, he cared about the quality of the cocaine he put in his body. Yes. <laughs> evidenced by some of the letters yes. <laughs> send good quality stuff bob <laughs> uh yes bruce certainly did care about the quality of what he put in his body uh and then they're like the real old salty dogs who knew for years that bob baker was bruce lee's uh drug dealer but uh knew figured it was mostly just weed yeah and it wasn't until the revelation of the letters came out where we were like oh wow like it was a lot more than that mainly the cocaine and even Bruce Lee's main biographers did not know that. John Little, who worked for the Lee estate for years, did not know about the cocaine. Uh, Steve Carriage didn't know about it. Uh, Matt Pauly didn't know about it because he was still using the whole uh, heat stroke theory at the, at the, at when his book came out. And they've all accepted it. Because for all the people who are serious biographers about Bruce Lee, there are always there's some weird... Um, black holes about the last few years of his life. Like, yeah. why did Bruce go so off the rails, right? Was he just becoming an obnoxious, spoiled movie star? Why did he pull a knife on low way? Why was he conscious, uh, consistently getting in more and more fights and have more and more of a contentious relationship with the press? You know, why did he have all this erratic behavior? Why did people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar say he talked to him in the middle of the night and Bruce was incoherent and... Dan Inosanto, the last time you saw Bruce Lee, saying that he just didn't quite look right. And Sammo Hung talking about his pupils being dilated and him being skinny and all these things. And then you find, and, and so you know all these things and you go, well, he was probably overworked, overstressed, he's training so hard, blah, 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 blah. And then the cocaine thing came out and you go, oh, right. Actually, now that's, that literally solved all of those things we didn't know. And it's like, oh, now it makes sense. The, the, the note from Dr. Otto Au in, in November of 72, uh, Bruce Lee's weight was 120 pounds, 120 pounds, 5'7", same height as me. I'm 172 pounds. Uh, this is huge. This is incredible. This is a 50-pound difference between me and Bruce Lee in 1972, and we're the same height. Yeah. Okay? So, uh, yeah, and then you find out about the cocaine, and you're like, oh, great. Uh, this totally solves everything. But then there are just people, like, on the lower tier of the fan base that, you know, uh, and even I have good friends of mine that think, you know, this is all a big conspiracy. You know, Quentin Tarantino wrote all those letters to get back at Shannon or something like that. Like, <laughs> come on. Because the Lee estate didn't make any um, uh, statements about the drug letters because Linda Lee was implicated in perjury. They just, they just dug their heads in the sand. And that strategy seemed to work. They just didn't mention it, didn't talk about it, and it's more or less gone away. And now two years later, you get people, Bruce Lee didn't do no drugs. Okay. 
So anyway, uh, do we have anything today to talk about that is coming from our audience? We got a couple of things. We got a few things. A few things. Right? I mean, mostly comments that we can discuss. But there's a. I think we've got a bit of a banger to start off with. It's mm-hmm. a bit, bit spicy. Spicy. Okay. Yeah, this one's from Instagram. Instagram. Right? Okay. Oh yeah. Right. I did my. The last episode was a Instagram, or two episodes ago, I should say, was an Instagram only one, and there were one or two questions I wasn't able to get to. So I think this is a one of them. Ah. Okay. Cool. All right. So here we are. Getting to you right now at Ratimus do you think Gordon Ryan is still juicing and what is your opinion on BJJ's rampant PED problem wow what a way to isolate all of our or or alienate all of our Kung Fu Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do listeners (laughs) Uh, yeah let's get the KFG's hot takes on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu star Gordon Ryan Um, well (laughs) uh, well I'm I'm infinitely fascinated in all aspects of martial arts. So, I mean, obviously people who spend time with me know I'm not just like a Wing Chun and Bruce Lee head. Um, I love talk about judo and taekwondo and competitive martial arts and kickboxing and MMA and all this stuff, right? I find all of it fascinating and, and I'm able to use that to, I, uh, I suppose, enhance how I teach things, but also like I'm not just one of these Wing Chun, oh, MMA's not real, it's got rules, bro. Like, I'm the furthest away from that Wing Chun dude you could imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Gordon Ryan, for our listeners who don't know who Gordon Ryan is, Gordon Ryan is basically the top of the food chain Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor right now. He hails from New Jersey, uh, was a student of uh, Gary Tonin, who's a student of Tom DeBlas, who's actually a friend of mine. I've had Tom DeBlas here at City Wing Chun teach a BJJ seminar to my guys maybe six, seven years ago. And uh, Tom DeBlas, who's really, he's like, he's training like Tom Hardy now and stuff. He's a world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu athlete and teacher. He has a school, Ocean County BJJ in in New Jersey. He's now like a huge star in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world. And basically Gary Tonin, if we do it in a Chinese martial art way, is like his grand student, right? And, uh, or sorry, Gary Tonin is his direct student. And then um, Gordon Ryan would be his grand student, right? And Gordon Ryan is just a... A phenom of like when you see this guy, you just go, This is like this is an anime villain or an anime hero. All right, (laughs) he's built like a a real life superhero. And um, on top of that, he's really, really good at jujitsu. I mean, he's he's very technical, he's very smart, trains with John Donaher from Henzo Gracie. He's like these are, these are guys that are not just meatheads who are strong and can impose their, their skill. These are very technical guys who also happen to be uh, very physically fit. Like, so so uh, Gordon Ryan is, is amazing. And I mean, I, uh, some people don't like him because he's, he's also young. He's in his 20s. Yeah. And he, um, he knows he's good and mm-hmm. he's still in his 20s. So he says a lot of cocky stuff and people get upset about it. But yeah. uh, the reason why I cut him some slack on that, because me personally, you know, I'm, I'm all for like, I'm, I'm very easygoing. I'm not for starting shit with other people and stuff like that. But I think that most people, if they were gifted with Gordon Ryan's talent and skill and hard work ethic and his abilities and his body, and they were in the 20s, you'd be hard pressed to act any other way because he is so good and so dominant, <laughs> all right? So it's, it's like, uh, uh, well, I can imagine that in 10, 15 years, he'll, he might chill out a little bit on being that guy. Yeah. But right now he's at his prime and people like trash talking. And so like, even though it's not the martial ethic that you know, we, we espouse in 
in any kind of martial art or whatever. Like, I get it. And I don't give him any shit for that. It's like, if I was 24 years old with his body, with his level of jujitsu, with his level of uh, um, uh, achievement and accomplishment, winning yeah. ADC, ADCC, all of these things, right? Multiple times, beaten all the top guys. I would no doubt be an insufferable prick. <laughs> so, 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 so I don't, I don't, I don't give Gordon Ryan shit for that at all. I, I get it. At some point, especially once you have kids and you're in your 40s, you get a little perspective. If I, in my 30s, I would have been like, ah, he's so disrespectful. Why is he such a jerk? I can't wait for someone to beat him. And now I go like, wow, I'd be amazed if someone can touch this, this kid at any time soon. Uh, Gordon Ryan also openly admits to PED use. And if you look at him, it's, it, it's, it's no doubt. All right. Like if there's anyone who looks like he takes PEDs, it's Gordon Ryan. But what I appreciate about him is he's not uh, he, he, he admits it from what I understand. He's open about it. Right? right. BJJ is not like mixed martial arts or at least UFC where they're trying to uh, keep PEDs out of the game. Right. Um, UFC has USADA the United States Anti-Doping Association or whatever, and they're trying to keep the sport clean, but um, this is not going to come as a shock to anyone. So I, I know a few people who are in UFC, and I know people who train people in UFC, and uh, everyone's using PEDs in UFC. Everyone. All right? Except right. for some of the lower-level guys. Yeah. Uh, at, the high, at the upper level, they're all using it. They're just way better at masking their use. They have smart guys on their team to fool the tests right um but they're all doping at that level but they're tr but it it's purportedly clean okay right uh well i shouldn't say they're all doping this is all the high level guys, most of the high level guys are there are probably a few high level guys who don't to be fair but uh no these these guys are are all on shit but yeah. in bjj there's no pretense of uh it's a clean sport right so it's almost understood that everyone at those those higher levels take peds gordon ryan being no exception gordon ryan however now is sick he has uh he's had some health problems over the last few years some of them have prevented him from going into competition and right now he's struggling with some, i think some severe stomach issues i don't know if it's diverticulitis i don't he's got something going on and yeah. it's it's messing up his whole thing he can't he hasn't trained for three months oh wow and he said it's the first time in his entire life since he started training that he did not train for three months oh wow and he posted a photo at the time of this recording i'm gonna say it's about two three weeks ago where he kind of showed how emaciated he is and mind you He's also, uh, you know, if you have good lighting and good angles, you can take an average person and make them look really saucy on, on, in a photo. Yeah. And you can also take someone who's totally jacked and with the right lighting, meaning bad lighting and bad angles, make it look like they don't, they're not any good. That's why before and after photos are usually the guy who's already in shape and he just relaxes his muscles, his bad lighting kind of slouches. Yeah. And then, and then the next photo, they change the light and change everything. You stand like this, and he goes away. And you go, Whoa, look at the difference, right? This is how you uh, can look in three months on yeah, 390 hertz. Exactly, or th 30 seconds of changing the filter on the camera, right? Um, and so, so to be fair, in this photo that he posted, which got like a crazy amount of likes, the last time we did it, over 100,000 likes, um, he looks super emaciated. And he just like his beard, and he looks... But the thing is, if you look at him, and you know how tall he is, and you go like, geez... Most people would kill to be the emaciated version of Gordon Ryan. <laughs> like, 
Like, please, please, dear Jesus and Zeus and Thor, give me Gordon Ryan's emaciated body tomorrow, <laughs> all right? His height and everything. I'll be fine, all right? I don't, you don't need brick shit house Gordon Ryan, right? Yeah. Uh, but, it, and you know, and you can tell he took it with kind of poor lighting to make him look a little more terrible than he actually is. But people yeah. really reacted to it like, wow. And then the question was, well, is he off the juice now that he's not competing? Right. Uh, and that's why he looks like emaciated. So first thing I have to say is I'm not a medical expert. I'm not an expert on PEDs. You really have to go to those channels like More Plates, More Dates. Derek, he, I think he's already done videos on this topic. Yeah. Those are guys who actually know about this stuff. I don't have any firsthand experience with this stuff. I don't have any secondhand experience with this stuff. Anything I know or talk about, it's literally because I watched the videos from the guys who know what they're talking about. So yeah. I'm just I'm just parroting information right now. Right. Um, I think that Gordon Ryan is probably still taking juice because, uh, first of all, I don't think, from what I understand, I don't think you can fully go off. And if you do, it would be very bad for you. So I think usually they, they kind of like taper off on that shit, right? Uh, and even if he doesn't look like this, it doesn't mean he's not taking a bunch of stuff. Or he might not be taking steroids, but he might be taking other things, all right? right. So, so we don't know. So that's the whole thing about Gordon Ryan. Now, what do I think about PEDs, all right? Well, this is a question I would like to ask you Ooh. because you come... I have my opinions on this, and my opinions are probably somewhat influenced by listening to other talking heads in the game, all right? Right. So do you think all right. I'm telling you, just as someone who practices Wing Chun in my school, you have no skin in the game here. Yeah. Do you think PEDs should be allowed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitions? Okay. So, I, I mean, like, it, it's not something maybe you spent any time thinking about, but I'm just very, very curious what someone who doesn't, like, what your gut answer is. Well, I'm, I have a friend of mine who was, uh, who was, is a personal trainer. In fact, he personal trained me for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, who was a professional bodybuilder. Mm. And he was an all-natural bodybuilder. Oh, yes. And then he was like, but he wanted to like get more. And then he was like, I want to do like the not natural bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I.e. regular bodybuilding. Yes, I.e. regular <laughs> bodybuilding, right? But that's the whole idea is that like they have like... It was like, I didn't realize there was like a natural yeah. section. And then... Yeah, you don't know there's a natural section because no one gives a shit. Right. right. Yeah. I'm not a bodybuilder, and I know who the best bodybuilder is, Chris Bumstead. He's the guy who takes the juice. Put a gun to my head and tell me who the top natural bodybuilder is, no chance. I mean, just, I would say no. Mm -hmm. That's my gut reaction to it, because mm -hmm. it's like kind of, you know, or if you're going to do it, then you have to have like, you've got to split it off. It's like, you've got to be like, these are the guys, right? Right. Who are just like, or yes. then these are the guys yes. that juice. Because right. You know, like all that's going to happen in my mind, just off the top of my head, is that like kind of like it's a it's not a fair play. It's not a level playing field, regardless of which way you look at it. Right. right. So like either. Yeah. Go go right ahead. Take tons of drugs. Let's see who takes the most drugs. Right. And wins. Yes. Or let's see who out of you lot can be the most technical. Right. Right. And yes. then it's like a little more e right. like kind of like early yes. UFC with like Hoyt Tracy, you know what yeah. I mean? Where yeah, those guys in. weren't on uh, uh, steroids at uh, all. The, the point I was making is that he was a lot smaller. Yes, no, I get it. Just, I get you know it. I get it. I get it. Cheeky. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. By like, the way, you, you know, know that Hoist Gracie was also popped for steroid use at one point, right? Oh, yes, I did actually. He did about, about, about 10 years ago or something like mm, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The all natural Gracie fighter. Yeah, he also was taking some shit as he got older, right? Well, I yeah. mean, I used to be a huge cycling fan, and it was like 
for years and oh. years and years. Like, I mean, I was like really into it. Like watched all of the tours. You know, I, used, I had aspirations when I was a lot younger to be in a professional cyclist. One major bike crash and I was like, yeah, I'm not yeah. that insane. Right. right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but um, huge fan of it, like back in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. Did Lance and Armstrong break your heart the way the drug letters video broke the hearts of Bruce Lee fans? Absolutely not. Actually, I was like, like the thing about Lance Armstrong is actually a good example to use is the fact that like everyone fucking knew. Right. Everybody knew because mm -hmm. it's like, and, and they also like, as like a lot of kind of cycling fans like myself and that, we were never a fan of Lance Armstrong because he, 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 he trained just for the Tour de France. He didn't do any of the other tours. Uh -huh. We dropped out of it, right? So oh, right. all of the other great riders that won the Tour by five, like five times mm -hmm. were riding the Tour of Spain, the Tour of Italy, the Tour... Well, not the Tour of Britain, but like kind of like... Yeah, who wants a tour of that place? <laughs> not many people, <laughs> yeah, apparently, sucks. right? But like, and they were winning all of those during uh, their heyday, right, 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 whereas right. like... So like, oh yeah, okay, Lance Armstrong won seven, which meant he broke the record that no one else was ever able, no one could ever get past five. Uh -huh. But we're like, oh yeah, well, he's, first of all, he's clearly doing drugs. Uh -huh. And then because everyone in the cycling community it came out that everyone was doing drugs right. because they lost a couple of people, died at, at yes. an early age and everything like that. And the whole time he was 100% in, I would read interviews with him, like, yeah, no, I'm completely clean. I did it completely and utterly natural. Right. It's the hypocrisy. Yeah, and, he, and then when he came out and it turned out that he'd basically, his team had been massively strong-arming everyone and like really kind of leveraging the fact that he'd come back from cancer. And, right. And you're just like, man, like just, you know, if he'd just said it, like it would have been yeah. fine. Right. That, right. That's what it is. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, cycling took a lot of, a big hit after that right. and then when eventually when they finally i don't know who knows how clean it is now but apparently it's way 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 cleaner and um you know that's when that's when you can my tell you can tell if it's so i don't follow uh yeah. bicycling at all but you can tell if it's cleaner if the average times have have increased so if they're slower then yeah. you know everyone is clean yeah also if, if the times are still steadily improving I, I would tend to doubt that, that everyone is clean if they're keeping up with the old drug use records. Mm -hmm. uh, once, you know, because that was the thing that happened in UFC when they first implemented USADA and the fighters did not have access to, you know, exactly how can they fool these tests. There was like a wave of people, I would assume Jose Aldo, uh, certainly, um, uh, man, who's the guy who fought uh, Hendricks, Hendricks, Johnny Hendricks. Yeah. His, their physiques melted when they <laughs> when they couldn't take that stuff anymore, and then you saw the performance just went out the window. I don't know. For me, in striking sports, I think that PEDs are a big problem because now if I'm taking a bunch of PEDs, I have more power, more endurance, more ability to inflict potential brain damage by hitting you or kicking you in the head because I have more mass, more strength more power than is normal for my body weight. Right. So then there's a, there's a problem, I think, in terms of permanent damage. But I think the, the, um, the counter-argument for grappling is no one's punching or kicking each other in the head. When you get caught in something, you tap and you lost. Right. If someone is dominating you, they're dominating you by pins and controls, not by you know repetitive elbows to the head that are now extra-juiced uh, and they can do it longer and harder. So, so there, there's a, a counter argument that, well, in grappling, it's not the, the, the risk isn't the same to the permanent damage. But it okay? is still giving you more endurance, though. 
Yes, but then the other counter argument is, uh, but if everyone is taking it, then it's a level playing field still. And also taking PEDs without training hard doesn't mean you're now going to have world-class anything. You still, even if you're taking EPO, which is what Lance Armstrong took, which is not steroids, that, that yes. stuff that just allows, I think it allows your blood to it, it, absorb it, yeah. oxygen much more quickly and efficiently yes. so you can go harder, longer, faster. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but if the other guy's taking it too, all right, then you know, you're on an even playing field. So still it comes out to who trained harder. Yeah. So um, I, I don't have any skin in the game, so I'm not a jujitsu guy. But I, I just kind of I, I listen to the various counter arguments, and I go, all right. I think like what you said at the beginning is probably the most sensible thing. You have a uh, regular contest, and then you have a natural tested contest. Uh, the problem is that after a while, and people are only going to watch the, the the dudes who are taking stuff because they're going to be jacked, big, strong, powerful. They have everything. The natural guys aren't going to be in as great shape physically, and maybe the performances are not going to be as dynamic or powerful. And it's also more expensive for them to compete because of all the testing. Right. So the problem is that it, it's it's very, it's difficult. It's it's a very complicated problem of which I have no skin in the game, and either way, it doesn't really matter to me. But it is it is something on the periphery of martial arts training, which yeah. I look from the outside and I go. Oh, that's interesting. Now, of course, the problem is, the, the problem we're not talking about is, okay, let's say there is some PED acceptance in jiu-jitsu. All right, everyone's juicing. You got to take it. Well, now some young teenage kid who's doing jiu-jitsu and has dreams of becoming the next Gordon Ryan has to take shit to get to that level. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not or she's not going to be able to be competitive there, right? So then there's the problem is like, well, well now when you accept it, now everyone kind of has to take it for the playing field to be level. So I don't know what the answer is. I'll, I'll, let the, I'll let the experts on that topic kind of battle that out. But it's not as straightforward as one would think, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, can, I can also be against taking PEDs for myself. I'm, I'm not a competitive athlete, but still understand why someone else in another field would want to take it and understand that it is not a black and white thing. So, um, so anyway, uh, we'll, well, I'll defer to the experts on that. Yeah. Fun fact, the head of the World Doping Council who like, took care of like, you know, all of the cycling and, and like Olympics and all that kind of stuff for years, his name was Dick Pound. That is an amazing fact. Yeah. yeah. That is an amazing fact. And today I was scrolling Instagram. Mainly, I think, because of the memes you send me on Instagram. <laughs> My Instagram algorithm goes, I'm going to throw the Kung Fu genius this weird curveball. And it just sent me a, it was like a, a baseball card of someone from the 60s. Mm -hmm. And his name was Dick Felt. Oh, I got that one as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I didn't actually send that to you. Yeah, either. right. I saw that today and I was like, oh, I should send this to Mikey. And it's part of me was like, oh, you probably steed it. <laughs> so anyway, all right, what else have we got? All right, so um, next one. Another now that question. we alienated our whole audience by talking about cocaine and PEDs We've in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We've gained a whole other audience. Yeah, sorry, Kung Fu Genius fans. <laughs> Let's get back to Kung Fu here. Absolutely. All right, yeah, well, I mean, this might not be getting back to Kung Fu. Here we go. This, right. is gonna, I'm get, this will officially be the non-Kung Fu episode. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... it's, it's we, no, we'll call it cocaine and PEDs. <laughs> the KFG on cocaine and PEDs. Yes. <laughs> That'll be the title of the episode. Yeah, it's totally. KFG on cocaine. <laughs> about, talking about, right? <laughs> So what if you could transport back in time for a front row seat into the life and legacy of one of the most respected Wing Chun masters in 
history. Gong Sao Wong, a tribute, direct students on Sifu Wong Sonung offers you just that. Through a series of exclusive conversations, 25 direct students share anecdotes, reflections, and personal stories offering in-depth understanding of the man behind the legend. Order your copy today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping. I absolutely love this book, and I think you'll find it an indispensable part of your collection. I can't recommend it enough. Get yours today. Go to Amazon, type in Gong Sao Wong, and there you go. All right, so Villy Monster Inc. Have you been watching Warrior on Showtime? It's actually on HBO, but maybe it's on Showtime in Europe. That it's actually it's Cinemax, which is on Oh, you HBO. said it's on Skinemax, isn't it? This guy. Oh, see, I just watch it on Max. Yeah, you watch mm -hmm. it in the 90s on scrambled cable box, <laughs> no, waiting for those moments when it would straighten a little bit. Uh, it's yes. just, it, it, it made me the man I am That's today. That's it, yeah, makes <laughs> sense. Anyway, yeah, have you been watching Warrior on Showtime? If so, what is your opinion? <sighs> Did you ever see In Living Color? Oh, absolutely. Did you ever see Men on Film? Yes. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to be here with his little little hats like they had. Mm -hmm. Hated it. All right. Uh, um, Next time. Yeah. So again, here is, man, this is going to be like the Kung Fu genius shitting on Bruce Lee fanboys. All right. I love Bruce Lee. Anyone who knows me knows I love Bruce Lee. Not a huge fan of the kind of reflexive fanboyism about Bruce Lee. Uh, Bru you know, the idea that. You can love Bruce Lee's films, think he was a genius, think he was a great innovator in martial arts, as I do. And then that also means I have to think he was an undefeatable fighter, which I don't. I don't think he thought that either. So the problem is like there's this thing like if you're a Bruce Lee fan, you have to believe he was like a god. Otherwise, you're, it's the no true Scotsman thing. You're not a real Bruce Lee fan if you don't believe that Bruce Lee would roundhouse kick uh, um, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar in half a second in their UFC fight, right? And it's like, <laughs> take it easy, guys. Uh, it, it, you, can, you, can, you can be an adult Bruce Lee fan. You don't have to be a child Bruce Lee fan. Um, so there's this thing that because Warrior, the, the show, is based on a treatment that Bruce Lee wrote. As a matter of fact, in the Pierre Burton interview, which is the only real uh, TV interview we have of Bruce Lee, he talks about the Warrior, and uh, that it's like a Western kind of thing. And, and that's how he can justify punching and kicking. Because if you do it in the modern day, people just have guns. You know, Bruce Lee was very savvy to the gun problem with modern martial art movies. That's why he had to find some workarounds in it. And Way of the Dragon, he had the darts to shoot at the hands of the guys who had the guns. And in Enter the Dragon, they had that one throwaway line where Bruce was like, guns, now what isn't someone to just take a forty-five and bang, settle it, right? And then Mr. Braithwaite's, no guns. You know, Han, you know, is fearful or had a bad uh, um, accident with them once. And you assume that has something to do with Han's missing hand, yes, right? Yeah, spoiler alert. And, uh, and so, but then, but that throwaway line solved the gun problem, which seemed to be very top of mind for Bruce Lee. He even mentions it in the Pierre Burton interview, like... You know, how can you justify all this punching and kicking in, in, in the time of guns, right? And so it's a little easier to justify martial arts fighting in a time where there were fewer guns or no guns, right? So, i.e., a period piece, right? And he's like, and he was talking about the warrior and talking about how the warrior probably won't uh, get made because, you know, the, the Hollywood guys are afraid of giving this role to a Chinese person, right? And for, for, a, for a very long time, 
everyone kind of thought he was referring to the Kung Fu TV series, yeah. which then later went to David Carradine, maybe before it was called Warrior. And it turns out, no, these are actually two different things. Mm -hmm. The Kung Fu TV series, contrary to popular myth and lore, was not Bruce Lee's idea or the idea that it was going to be Bruce Lee's baby and then they took it away from him and gave it to that no-talent-ass clown David Carradine. I love that um, line. It's and so cool. uh, who died in a masturbation accident. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's just th that... that um, that idea was already, they were already pitching the Kung Fu TV series and Bruce Lee was just on a list of potentials for that and they decided not to go with him. But it wasn't like that was Bruce Lee's idea and then it was stolen and then given to David Carradine. Bruce Lee's idea was this other thing called The Warrior. And he basically wrote a treatment, which is like a brief summary of the idea and the characters. And it never got made because he started making those films in Hong Kong and then very shortly after that died. So then what Shannon did is basically took this treatment that he wrote, which from what I can gather is a page, one page. It's all I've seen. There could be more, but I've only seen a page about Assam, the main character or whatever. And then finally, all these years later, she was able to produce it in, you know, for, for, for uh, Cinemax. And uh, can't say that without thinking of Skinamax now because of you. Well, to be fair, I, I watched one episode of it and there was a lot of butt in it. So I think maybe it was Skinamax. It's possible, right? So, um, so, so, so that's kind of the background, all right? So finally, this thing called The Warrior, which was Bruce Lee's idea, finally gets produced by Shannon and co. in you know the, the, the late 2010s or whatever, right? And I... Uh, was at the premiere, the premiere episode, which uh, was, uh, they had a party, a launch party in Brooklyn. And it had, uh, do you know Sway, the DJ? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was the MC, And Shannon Lee was there. And she introduced it. She talked about it. Even uh, Uriah Hall, UFC fighter, was there. It was like a fun event. A couple of my friends were there. I was there with Warrington. Tymok from The Last Dragon was there. And, um, and so I was like, okay, I'll go. Was he trying to get like a Last Dragon series like made or the, the sequel done? Um, Timok is a hero from my childhood, and I will not talk about Timok now because I don't want to ruin my childhood. Okay, um, <laughs> he's still he's still Bruce Leroy to me, and that's exactly how I want to remember him. I don't. Yeah, I just want to remember him as that guy. Okay, okay. all right. Nothing else happened after the Last Dragon. Okay. Well, I know that's right, the okay. point. Yeah, yeah. I love Bruce Leroy, and I love Tymok in The Last Dragon. And that's all I'm going to say about that topic, okay? <laughs> um, so anyway, we were there. Shannon introduces... You got Tymok on my brain now. You're messing me up right now, okay? All right? Yes. To, to see, unfortunately, what's happened with him is, is a gut punch, because I loved the movie The Last <laughs> Dragon as a child. Mm -hmm. I would watch it again and again and again. And to be completely honest... I think that movie had something to do with me wanting to open a martial arts school in New York at some point because Bruce Leroy's character has his Kung Fu school in Harlem, right? And like there was this whole like Kung Fu culture of New York, which as a kid growing up in New Jersey was like, well, we only had Taekwondo and karate schools, but in New York there's like Kung Fu and dudes dressed like ninjas and Shonef walking around and like, I want to live in that fantasy world, right? So I, 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 I must admit that something about the movie The Last Dragon, which was shown to me by my cousin Patty, she, she introduced me to that film in the 80s, which I cannot thank her enough for, um, 
is probably part of the reason why I'm like, dude, I want to have a Kung Fu school in New York City proper, right? Yeah. And then just to see what has happened to Taimok over the years. And to because of New York martial art events, we've at some point, if you're a martial artist in New York and you go to a couple of these different events and things like that, you eventually see everyone. You know, all, all the New York martial arts dudes, at some point you will see the Timox and, and you know, the Ron Van Cleefs and all these guys, right? And it's just, as someone, like, I wanted to be Bruce Leroy when I was a kid. I wanted to be able to walk around, the, like, outside in a Chinese Tongzhong Chinese uniform, right? I wanted to be able to walk around in the JKD tracksuit and no one say anything. I wanted to just be Bruce Leroy. And then to like to see him now, it's a gut punch, man. It's a gut punch. I I, I wish it wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah. it, no. Okay, so anyway, but I digest. <laughs> so we come back to the premiere of the Warrior, and Shannon Lee is there, and all these people are there, right? And we watch it, and I'm I'm a very harsh critic when it comes to martial art films, martial art entertainment, Bruce Lee stuff, for obvious reasons. I famously don't really like the Yip Man movies, all right? In a way that like Wing Chun people fanboy about it because you see a bunch of sloppy choreography and then a bong sound and they're like, oh, Wing Chun, oh, look, it's Wing Chun, great, I want to see more, I want to see more. Oh, Pax out, oh, there's a Pax out. And like people just get so excited. It's like, it's, the choreography is getting worse and worse. Yeah. And like, it's, it's like it's, some of these Wing Chun fans, you just can feed them anything and they'll clap like otters, all right? And uh, it's, it's like, do you have no discerning, uh, do you have no discernment in the entertainment you watch? Is it all just, if you see kicking and punching on the screen, you go, <laughs> all right? Like, I mean, have you watched the classics of martial art films? Have you, have you seen the opening to The Odd Couple with Sammo Hung and Lau Kar Wing, uh, broadsword versus spear? Mm-hmm. When you look at that level of intricate choreography, which was from the late 70s, and then you look at something like Prodigal Son, the Lam Ching versus Frankie Chan fight. Oh, yeah. And then you look at something even a little bit more modern uh, on the stunt side. You look at Jackie Chan and Lau Ka Leung in that middle part of Drunken Master where they're fighting uh, when they get besieged by all the Axe Gang people and they have to fight. There. And so you look at the level of choreography. Look, even Drunken Master 2. Even the opening scene where Jackie and Lau Ka Leung are fighting under the train with the broadsword and the spear. You look at that level of choreography, of that level of skill, that level later for Jackie Chan of stunts, of movement, of coordination, the weaponry of Sammo Hung and, and Lau Ka Wing in The Odd Couple. All of this shit, the warrior, okay? Uh, the newer Yip Man movies, they fall really short of that stuff and i grew up watching those things just even look at heroes of the east and you look at the fight scenes you know just look at um gordon Liu when he's doing the 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 butterfly swords versus the sai right or just his final fight scene against karata with all the ninja trickery stuff and you look at how inventive it was you look at how good the choreography was you look at how well it was put together and you just go oh, these guys were really masters of their craft the modern day martial arts action stuff, with few exceptions, is just like you take regular ass actors and by using stunt doubles, CGI, you know, 
different types of camera tricks and things like that, you turn them into martial artists that they are clearly not. Right. All right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea of a martial arts actor, a martial artist who can also act, it's not really even a thing anymore. You just get actors and you figure out a way to make their martial arts look believable on camera. I think really now in terms of martial arts actors, it's like Scott Atkins. Yeah. And a few other guys, right? And that's it. You get, now you got people like who are actors who are doing martial arts. And as someone who grew up on those movies, like those Shaw films and those Golden Harvest films and all that stuff, um, when I watch something like The Warrior, I see that they are actors doing martial arts choreography. I don't see that these are martial artists doing martial arts choreography. Right. They are actors doing it. Even like, as much as I like the Creed movies, I'm a little bit of a cornball for Rocky. I get, I get inspired by Rocky. Call me old school. And I like the first two Creed <laughs> movies. I haven't seen the third one. But like uh, yesterday, I'm, I'm, I'm showing, because I, I made my girls watch all the Rockies except five. Um, five doesn't exist. Yes, it does. And then, uh, uh, so they know the characters. Then we watch Creed, and they're like really into it, right? Yeah. But like when I'm watching, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, My, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. In the training sequences when he's hitting mitts. I, go, it, I, I look at him hitting mitts, and he's not a boxer, it's an actor. And why? Because I've been doing martial arts my whole life, including boxing and watching boxing training and all this kind of stuff. I know what a real boxer looks like when he's hitting mitts with his coach. Right. And... Michael B. Jordan. By the way, you know what the B stands for? Basketball. Basketball. All right. Um, <laughs> I stole that joke from someone a long time ago. It's a great joke, by the way. He's Michael Jordan. He doesn't want to be that Michael Jordan. He uses middle initial B. What does B stand for? Basketball. So uh, <laughs> it's like jokes in elevators. They work on so many levels. So um, sorry. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it back. I'll pull it back. Um, but like when I saw... Um, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan hitting mitts, it, it looked kind of stiff and it didn't look like a seasoned boxer. And he's supposed to be a, the heavyweight champion. And so in my mind, I look at that and it's just like my brain glitches because I just see someone who's kind of very stiffly throwing punches and it's like he's doing the right things. Yeah. But you can tell that there, there's no seasoning in that. It's, 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 just, it's just chicken broth with no seasoning, right? And, um, and I see that same thing when I watch The Warrior. I see a bunch of actors. Now, mind you, there are obviously actors in The Warrior who are also martial artists. But for the most part, I think even the main guy, I don't think he's a martial artist. And I can see that. Yeah. All right? Um, and so I'm watching it and I'm going, Ugh. And um, I am a bit of a snob for Chinese culture. All right? And I really hate it when Hollywood tries to tell you what Chinese culture was like at that time, like San Francisco in that time period and the way people interacted in certain ways, it's extremely cartoony. It does a disservice to the amount of racism that was going on at that time. Yeah. And then when they try to showcase the racism, it's cartoony and pandering and not in my opinion, hard hitting or realistic enough. And it's, uh, the mix of it's like they're not really being Chinese in there right. it's like they're being some kind of pan-Asian representative well, they, it, and, and, and it's like 
No, if they're Chinese in Chinatown, they need to be speaking Cantonese. It needs to be Cantonese. It needs to be very obvious. And like some Chinese guys, some Cantonese, and they speak in English, and there's some Mandarin speaker or whatever. And it's, it's, it's Chinese culture chop suey. Yeah. And I would expect that from Shannon Lee being sensitive to authentic representations of Chinese culture that they would have done a little bit better. Of course, I know I'm the white guy saying this, but that's the thing. I'm the white guy who realizes how off that is. Yeah. All right? I'm not even going to talk to you about what my Chinese friends tell me about the Warrior TV series and how they look at it. So it's a very bad representation of Chinese culture. It's a very bad representation of martial arts in general. And let's not beat around the bush. This is most likely not at all what Bruce Lee had conceived for this. It's funny. I, like I said, I watched the first episode, I, half of it last night, half of it this morning. And there's a scene in it where, like, you know, all the Irish guys are getting together and, and discussing about how they'd fought in the Civil War and how they'd killed other Irish people. And, right. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then it got round to, like, you know... And, and it was like the clear message. They were trying to like message like, oh, yeah, you know, these rich people have us fighting our wars. And then in the next thing, it's like, this is why the Chinese have to go. Right. And I was like, oh, so you're covering all bases here where right. it's just like, so, you, you know, they hate the, the elite and the ruling class, but like, but we're going to just revert to like normal racism and blame each other. Right, after right, right, just right, having right, this right. speech about how everything we is be- awful and we have to say how everything is awful and portray that everything being awful. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's just very pandering. Yes, it's, it's exactly the word. It's, and and it's, it's, it's difficult to, to watch it and then be like, oh, it's, and, you know, it's inspired by Bruce Lee or whatever. It's like Bruce Lee never would have made this drivel. He was right about one thing in that interview. Um, a Chinese person isn't playing the lead. The dude is half British and half Japanese. Yeah, I know. That's the other thing, too. Dude's not even Chinese. And, and, and I, it's like, yeah, I get it. He's, it's so weird. We want things to be represented authentically, all right? And then it's like you, 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 you give Shannon Lee the chance and they, like, the casting is weird, right? And it's like, it's, it's Al Pacino is Tony Montana weird, all right? <laughs> I love Scarface, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and I am Cuban. And Al Pacino's, you know, portrayal of a Cuban is kind of over the top. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't get offended by it. I mean, like, you know, but but still, it's like if you made that movie now, it probably should get a Cuban actor or at least someone who can authentically do a Cuban accent yeah. or someone who like, I don't know, speaks Spanish. Why does Tony Montana come from Cuba speaking English already? Like like there's a but like you, I can take that in the 80s and the 70s. All right. But now. All right. Can we maybe make things a little bit more authentic and, and not pander? To, to, to these various groups and do just such an awful job of representing the plight of Chinese people during that time period in our country, which was fucking awful. And it's just so... Ugh. To be fair, I only did watch the first episode, but it was enough for me to never, ever want to watch it again. And also Shannon said some really weird stuff that night, which made me realize, like, yeah, I don't want to watch or I don't want to see anything she does because... What she said about what she, her vision of her father, it, it, she literally nuked any interest I have in anything that she produces. Oh, wow. Awful. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, I think Warrior sucks to answer the question. Anyway, so what do we got next? I'd just, I'd just like to say about Scarface. Oh, okay. Back Scarface. to Scarface. Yeah. You, you, Scarface. You, 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 say hello to my little friend. Yeah, like, um, 
My, obviously, the original is great, but my particular favorite is the uh, terrestrial TV version that cuts out all of the, all of the swearing. Oh, I, I, I've heard about stuff like that, yeah, all the violence. The yeah. violence, and they, you know, and they, you know, sometimes you get it dubbed, like they, they, they don't bleep the words out, yeah. they'll dub the words out. Yes. So, you know, the opening scene is like, so, Tony, how'd you get that scar? Eating pineapple. <laughs> Eating pineapple. <laughs> Eating pineapple. Although you know that that Scarface is not the original one. No, there's a, there's, there's, it's a remake. Yeah, like the, the, the 80s Scarface. Yes. It's like a remake from, but it was like from the 40s or something like that, yeah, the original yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, but, it, 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 but it, it's interesting. Like, you know, we talk about being culturally sensitive and I come from, uh, I, am, I am half German and half Cuban and I come from two cultures that it's totally fine to make fun of. Yes. Oh, you're Cuban? Oh, you're like a drug dealer? Huh? It's totally fine to say that. All right? Imagine saying that to anyone else. Right? A German? Oh, you're like a Nazi? Huh? Uh, Andrew, bleep that out because we'll get demonetized if I say Nazi. All right? I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming, right? But no, it's totally fine to make fun of a German for being a Nazi. It's totally fine for making fun of a Cuban for being a drug dealer. But, you know, don't, you know, the Japanese guy can play a Chinese guy. That's totally fine, right? Absolutely. And so anyway. It's okay. Uh, Americans play English people all the time. Yeah, but no one cares about that. We're basically better than you guys in, in all those categories. Mm. Remember we kicked your ass in that, in that war? No, you didn't, actually. Yeah, no, no, actually no, we did. What, did. what happened? <laughs> Whose brilliant idea was it to wear red jackets out in the woods? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, all I'm saying is that, like, you know, you needed the help from the French. Yeah, but imagine... Someone recruits the French to help you, and they still kick your ass. Wasn't so much. You, you can't kick the Yo, ass of someone that's just leaving anyway. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, we just don't care. I I know. I, I've had this conversation <laughs> with a couple Brits, and that must be what they tell you in your books. Like, oh, you were leaving. It was too much. Because I, I used to have a uh, a, Br- a British student here back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, she she used to help out in the office, and she used to say when I would bring up this point, she was like. Oh, we were leaving anyway. It was too much bother. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was too much bother. So, so now that you say that, I'm starting to think it's a little bit like um, when you pick up a Japanese uh, history book and there's nothing in there about bombing Pearl Harbor, right? When you pick up a British history book and there's nothing about what total bastards you were and how we had to drive you guys out and kicked your asses. We didn't care about American history in, in England. Why would we? You were no longer a colony of ours. Un. Believable. I'm gonna inch punch the shit out of you after this episode. Right? How dare you make fun of my glorious country? Murder my face with your fist. Dude, you are half closer to me than you are. What do you, you mean half to closer to you? What, what are you saying here? What are you implying? Because you're half German. That's closer to us than America. We just happen to meet here. I was born in Los Angeles, son. I know. That's something that you should not be proud of. But, <laughs> but it doesn't get any more American than I was born in Los Angeles, son. Yes, All right? This is true. Okay. This is true. I'm as, I'm as American as apple pie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. With platanos on the exactly. side and, and German beer. <laughs> All right? Beer. All right. What else we got? So if you're not local to NYC, one of the easiest ways for you to improve your Wing Chun training is to train online with me. Online private training is tailored toward the individual and geared towards serious practitioners who want to improve their skills or knowledge base. I offer two private lesson subscriptions, twice a month and four times a month. Kung Fu Genius listeners use the code KFG online to get one online consultation lesson free with the purchase of any subscription. That code and the links are in the description below. Online private training is a convenient way for you to ask 
any of the questions you've had about application, form, theory, or even how to teach. Bring a partner to train with you online at absolutely no extra cost. I'll show you how to train with your partner online. Again, use the code KFG online to get a free consultation lesson with the purchase of any online subscription. Links are in the description below. And I'll see you online. All right, okay, what else do we have indeed? We have uh, my man Blue Sky Buddha. He's, a, he's another drum and bass head like myself. Him How do you I. know he's a drum and bass head? Because we share drum and bass on um, Instagram. Okay, so drum and bass is awful. No, it's All right? not. So you were, you were working on stuff you had the school like about a month ago, about mm -hmm. a month and a half ago, and yeah. you were playing drum and bass. Yeah, fantastic. And there would be a song that would finish, and then another one would start. And look, I don't mean to sound like the cranky old man, eh, music nowadays, not like when I'm, nah, 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 nah. but I can't tell the difference between one song and the other, and all sounds the same. My dad used to say the same thing about McDonald's. He never ate at McDonald's. He used to say, I can't tell the difference between the hamburger and the cardboard it comes in. All right? Why my dad has an Austrian accent. I was I, say, I didn't know no, your my, dad was Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, my, my dad, it's so weird. I've said it many times. I lived in Germany for three years. I speak German. But for some reason, I can't really do a German accent. I can only do kind of a goofy Austrian accent <laughs> because it's a lot more fun. The Austrian accent is way more fun than the German accent. Yeah. Because the Germans are a little more flat. It's a little difficult to stay consistent. But the Austrians are going up and down. It's much more fun, you know? So I generally just do an Austrian accent whenever <laughs> I make fun of Germans, which is okay. It's not cultural appropriation because I am German, all right? I, I can make fun of Germans because I am German, right? It's true. Uh, so, yeah, but my dad used to make, like, the same joke. But back to your drum and bass. I say, your most famous German celebrity was, in fact, Austrian, though, wasn't he? <laughs> celebrity? I mean, most famous German celebrity. I mean, he's a celebrity of sorts. Are you saying A.H. is the most <laughs> famous German celebrity? Name a big of German celebrity. Um, I don't know. I would say the group Modern Talking eclipsed A.H. in popularity. Uh, you know what? Boney M. Uh, so I'll tell you something funny about Boney M. Because we play Boney M. Some, my dad mm. listened to Boney M, right? It was kind of a 70s era disco kind of Euro trash nonsense, right? Yes, fantastic. When I was in Hungary, yeah. I was talking to some Europeans about Boney M. And they were like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Kung Fu Genius, it's Bonnie M. And I'm like, no, it's got one end. It's, it's Boney M. Bonnie would, would have to have two N's, mm -hmm. E-Y, or two N's and no E and a Y, or two N's and an I. But if there's one N, it's Boney. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's Bonnie M. And, and, and they were like, and, they were, and, and it was funny because they were very serious about it. It was like, if I didn't come to an agreement, the conversation on this topic would be ending now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Bonnie M. Bonnie M. It's Bonnie M. It is Bonnie it M. It is Bonnie M, right? Absolutely. So anyway. Uh, back to drum and bass. Back to drum and bass. Every song that played in that drum and bass sounded like the one before. And I'm not even trying to say that in a, all your music sounds the same. I, if you held a gun to my head, I could not differentiate one song from the other. It was all... And then it would, it would fade out after about seven minutes. And then the next one... And it's like, are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? So anyway, back to our question. Uh, did, did, did it give you a bit of, uh, what's it like, you know, training at the castle and listening to techno? Yes, Sivu Ben Wagner used to play techno quite often when we were training. Mm -hmm. So I have to say that there is a percentage of my Wing Chun training in Germany, which was done while techno music was playing. Fantastic. And now is the time when we do bongs out. <laughs> yes, that's why my Wing Chun is so rhythmic or arrhythmic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so anyway. Back to our question. Back to our question. This, this entire episode is one huge like uh, uh, di of digression of, of anything, right? <laughs> what did you talk about on this episode? Boney or Bonnie M? PEDs? How shitty drum and bass is? It's fantastic. Anyway, okay. So, Scarface. <laughs> Blue Sky Bottom, my, my brother in drum and bass, also an Englishman. Because why wouldn't he be? Well, it would have to be a given if you like drum and bass. And it's actually, I'm not yeah. actually going to disagree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Not, not people outside of your country don't listen to that nonsense. Yeah, no, I'll show you some footage of festivals in Europe that will tell you otherwise. Yes. But whatever. Anyway, after many months of trolling Donnie Yen for an IP Man 3 mug, he hasn't relented. I will succeed. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, Blue Sky Buddha is his yes, name, right? He's, yeah, yeah he's, 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 he, has, he has been on this mission to troll Donnie Yen. He's fighting right. the good fight. Yes. Um, I, I think I might have mentioned this on the Instagram episode, but um, yeah, so uh, as, as people know from way past episodes that I did a favor. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to do a favor for Donnie Yen, who's his friend. And this favor was basically to go and meet the famous piano player, Lang Lang, world, you know, world-class piano player, and with my phone, shoot Lang Lang saying like, uh, this was when Yip Man 3 came out. It was, and and the, you know, Lang Lang happened to be in New York. That's why my friend in Hong Kong asked me for the favor. Like, hey, Alex, uh, Lang Lang is going to be doing the shoot. Can you go over there? And like Harvey Weinstein's going to be there. You can meet Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. And, uh, and then meet Lang Lang. This is before all that stuff came out, by the way. Uh -huh. and, um, and then shoot with my phone, basically shoot Lang Lang saying like, Hey, Donnie, congratulations on Yip Man 3. Wish you all the best. So that Donnie could post it on his social media, right? Uh, as like, oh, here's the famous Lang Lang congratulating me on the Yip Man movie. And then, as I was told, in uh, return for this favor, uh, Donnie Yen would shoot a short video saying like, hey, this is Donnie Yen. And if you want to train Wing Chun in New York City, go to City Wing Chun to learn from Sifu Alex. Boom, something that simple. Yeah. Would have taken Donnie Yen seven seconds, 15 seconds with the sending the video out. All right. Um, I went to this location, waited for four hours, finally met Harvey Weinstein, shook his hand, Harvey frickin' Weinstein, and then finally was ushered into a room with Lang Lang where I had to deal with his very obnoxious assistant, we got the video done. We sent it. Donnie got it. And I never got my video. He never recorded my video. And uh, so I'm kind of in a situation where it's like, well, uh, did Donnie just kind of bullshit about wanting to do that? Or did the person who promised or the person who asked me to do the favor promise that Donnie was going to do that? Maybe Donnie didn't know about that, right? So it's, yeah. to be fair, like Donnie might not know about it at all. He might just think, I was just some dude who, uh, or, you know, some, somebody just sent him the video and, yeah. and there wasn't any favor involved or whatever. But I'm a very busy dude. Just take four hours out of my day in the middle of the week, cancel private lessons, cancel stuff 
to go and sit in a room for four hours to meet Harvey frickin' Weinstein. And this was like a year before all that stuff came out. So when mm-hmm. it came out, I was like, ugh. Uh, good thing I didn't take a photo. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine yeah. all my, uh, all my, all my uh, YouTube enemies going like, yeah, and Alex Richter is a friend of Harvey Weinstein, right? Uh, what else do we know about him, right? I, and, and then so I didn't get my video. And then the next time I was in Hong Kong, uh, the friend who asked me to do the favor for Donnie, he felt kind of bad that Donnie didn't fulfill his promise, which gives me the impression that Donnie probably knew about it and just didn't do it. Yeah. And then so my friend decided, well, I'll give you something. Uh, in, uh, but this was a joke. It wasn't serious. I'll give you something, you know, uh, as, you know, as a thank you for this favor or whatever, right? And it was the box that held the Yip Man 3 promotional mug. And that box was signed by Donnie Yen. And, uh, but the mug wasn't even in it. So that was the joke. It was like, I literally got the cardboard box that the mug came in. I didn't even get the mug, all right? And uh, so I had it, you know, in our old podcast studio. I had it in the background. Truthfully, I don't even know where it is right now. It, oh, yeah. So it's probably in, in, in the uh, ever-evolving storage cup space that we have. Yeah, it could be. Somewhere. So it's somewhere. But like, so that, even that thing might be gone. And then I used to make jokes on the podcast about like, and all I got was this cardboard box signed by Donnie Yen. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Blue Sky Buddha, yep. he trolls every time Donnie Yen uh, uh, posts something. He's like... Hey, Donnie Yen, the Kung Fu genius had to, you know, whatever he writes, had to wait for a number of hours and all he got was this lousy box. Now, to be fair, Donnie Yen did not give me that box mm-hmm. in lieu of not sending me a video. Some, yeah. The other guy gave it to me feeling bad that Donnie Yen didn't do his end of the, 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 the bargain, right? But I still think it's funny as hell. And I would implore all of the Kung Fu genius followers to troll Donnie Yen on his Instagram which is really run by his wife, uh, Cece, which is why she is in every other post, by the way. So I don't even know if Donnie even looks at his Yeah, I was going to say, it's like you're controlling it. It's like she's probably looking at going, who's this? I'm yeah. not going to show But just husband. if you go like, yo, back in 2016, the Kung Fu genius waited for four hours to get a promo video from Lang Lang for Yip Man 3 or 2015, whatever year it was. And uh, Donnie had said he would shoot a short video on his phone, I'm not asking for a production studio, just like, hey, have you learned me? Can you imagine the guy who plays IP man says, hey, go train at City Wing Chun, right? Yeah. Maybe I will have a, a softer tone about the Yip Man movies if Donnie Yen had done that for me, right? Mm-hmm. I never would have said a bad thing about any of the Yip Man movies had Donnie Yen done that for me. And, uh, you know, and so I, I, so you guys can troll away. I think it's totally <laughs> fine. So anyway, yeah. Anyway. So we got a couple more comments. All right, here we That's go. Comments. This is the, the comments. Comment yeah, where are the com- yeah, it's comments, yeah. right? So, guys, you need to start asking some more of the real hard-hitting questions. Hard-hitting. Hard-hitting. Hard we need some more hard-hitting yeah, questions. Stiff up a lip. You know. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Seriously, ask questions. Um, Brother Supreme. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh before I say it, but seriously. Did you even vet these questions? Um, I vetted them, but now I'm reading them actually during the recording. It's actually extra funny. Um, I've known since I was a kid he did meth. <laughs> is, is this a drug letters comment? I mean, it has to be, right? Because mm. otherwise he's just randomly talking about some dude that once did meth. Uh-huh. He knows anyone. this. Yeah. That was the other thing I didn't, I didn't mention earlier when I talked about the drug letters. The reactions, all right? People getting screaming pissed, thinking I'm either lying making it up. Why are you exposing this stuff? Why leave the guy alone? Whatever. It's like, 
leave the guy alone so we're not allowed to talk about people who are dead. Okay, stop talking about Elvis now because he's dead. Stop. Yeah. Stop talking like, about come Jesus. On, bull- yeah, stop talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> well, he never really existed anyway. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, <clears throat> that's the other thing. There's a whole contingency of people who watch the drug letters video and they go, yeah, yeah, I knew this already. Oh, oh, you knew he was taking cocaine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you point to an article or a post you made before the drug letters came out where you said, yeah, Bruce had a regular cocaine habit, especially in the last two years of his life? Oh, no, you can't. Because everyone's like, oh, all celebrities do drugs. Then you can just say that categorically all the time, no matter what. Whether they do drugs or don't do drugs, you say they all do drugs. Statistically, you will be right some percentage of the time, right? Yes. So it, 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 and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew he did meth. Because uh, in one of the letters, they talk about M pills or whatever, which yeah. there are a lot of theories about what that is or whatever. It's kind of inconclusive. Whatever M pills are. It didn't seem that Bruce was using that regularly. It really mm-hmm. seemed cocaine was the main star of the drug letters. If there's one takeaway, it was, oh, he was using cocaine, the weed we knew about. And there was some, you know, acid and psilocybin and stuff like that he was asking about and stuff like that. But that is clearly not the prominent takeaway from the drug letters. The prominent takeaway from the drug letters is cocaine. Yeah. Oh, no, this guy's not finished. Okay, I, here he we go. He actually even answers, answers the MPL thing. Here you go. Different than modern tweaker meth. But, dot, 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 yeah, full stop. That's what M-pills means. My God, his uh, grammar's terrible. Um, psilocybin is, uh, psilocybin, sorry, is mushrooms. Yes. Um, H-oil is hash oil. Yeah, we knew that already. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, those were things that were in the letters. Because I think in the letters, I was like, hey, guys, we, if, in, in that video, I'm like, if you know what uh, M-pills are, write in the comments below. I should have never said that. Because years later, I get people telling me, like, you know, oh, oh, a pill with an M on it is uh, 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 oxycodone. Uh, oxycodone came out in the 90s, bro. Like, there's, like, easy shit that people say. It's like, you could, do, do you even Google this? You could Google it and see that you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and uh, I suppose people, they, they also ask, because I just read the letters, like, H oil or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, it's hash oil, whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't need people telling me what that stuff is. But I think I asked for it in the video, so that's why I still get it. It's just funny because the video's old. I'm over it. And clearly, people who are discovering it are, you know, putting in their two cents when uh, I finished that conversation quite a while that's ago. That's funny because I always feel, and I know I've been guilty of this once in a while over the years, and I had to really kind of stop that after a couple of people post, like, DM me saying, yo, such and such thing happened five years ago or something like right. that. You know what I mean? But I think people are, are like kind of averse to reading dates. Right. Like, so the, yes. the video just comes up and they go, I read it. Oh, you know what I mean? And it doesn't even occur to them to see when the video was Came actually out. posted. Right. Right. Yeah. You know no, I, mean? I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. They think it's, they, they think it's new because it's new to them. Yeah. Right. And it's like, no, that video is actually really old. And I've also refined my opinion about it. when, when I, we did the drug letters video, I was still in a little bit of shock about, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't from a moralistic point of view. Mm-hmm. It was just. I've known about Bruce Lee since I was eight years old. I'm in my forties now, and I'm just finding this out. Yeah. Right. So, oh, Bruce Lee did drugs. I knew that already. Okay, great. Can you point to any comments before the drug letters came? Oh yeah, no, no, but I knew about it. All celebrities do drugs. Right. Thanks for your beautiful insight. So, uh, yeah, wait, man, what a crazy episode. We really meandered quite a bit today. Yes, we did. Yes, PDs, we did. Scarface, 
Is this, mm-hmm. is this the weirdest episode of the Kung Fu Genius we've ever done? Mm-hmm. You Probably. know what? We can, we can finish off on a high. All right. We've got Twisted Steel. Looking for ninja smoke bombs in inverted commas. Man, that brought back memories. Your channel is fantastic. Never related to people so much in my life. LOL, thanks. That's amazing. That, there was a comment on the ninja episode, right? Yes, I believe so. It's a great way to end the episode because I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes people ask me what my favorite episode was. And my favorite episode was, in fact, the Ninja episode because uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one, I love talking about Ninja movies. That episode didn't really do that well. Yeah. Which is why I never did it again. I could literally talk about canon Ninja movies nonstop. We still should do it, even if it's not the most Yeah, yeah, I might one. just do it anyway, right? I love mm-hmm. talking about those old 80s movies, canon and all that stuff, right? But I had just had my shoulder surgery oh, when so we shot that. You were And I was... Totally, my I was out of my mind on payment pain meds, mm-hmm. and I think I'm there with like the sling, and I even mentioned it, right? And now when I go back and watch it, I'm like, I was so out of my mind, and uh, uh, so I look back and I just laugh at that episode. If you guys are new to the Kung Fu Genius podcast, or you have just mostly watched the more recent episodes. Uh, on the Kung Fu Genius channel, I have a divided playlist: year one, year two, year th- we're in year three right now. If you go back to year one, you'll find there's the, the ninja episode, all right? I am out of my mind on that episode, all right? <laughs> I am on all the pain meds. Because I, I think I was still coming off. I wasn't just on the pain meds you take post-surgery. I think I was actually still coming off the shit they gave you in the surgery. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was out of my mind talking about Shokusugi ninja movies. <laughs> and uh, that's a great one for you guys to watch. So I would highly suggest, if you're new to the Kung Fu Genies podcast, go back and watch the ninja episode. Go back and watch all of them. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. And if you have a question for me to answer on a future episode, go ahead and write them in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time word is i'm a kung fu genius technique speaks for me not lineage forget jet Li, cause i'm the one many call me seafood but to you i'm sea kung and i produce masters you surpassed us your kung fu stiffer than corpse and caskets city wing chung is the house i built violate the gate and your blood gets spilled alex richter always the victor <clears throat> one take willie or not we'll see Lots of jokes. Sorry, I moved your mic. I apologize. <laughs> trying to f me up. It's <laughs> like a child. All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from the internet. Lots of gems, lots of PED use, lots of, well, we basically talked about Bruce Lee, ninjas. And now is the time when we do bongs out. <laughs>